Welcome to Plank Punk. Today we have uh, a fantastic guest, Howard Stelzer, which is our second interview on Plank Punk. Show you how I prepared for this interview. Um, uh, so this is my German beer in my Boston Harpoon, Harpoon IPA 10th anniversary 1997 mug. So Th that's that's plink plonk for you. That's great. I started making music when I was a kid in Florida in high school on the, I guess, 1990, 91, thereabouts. Um, just really ignorant, banging on metal in my parents' garage, um, recording it. Uh, and the spark hit when I, uh, some friends were over and we were banging on pipes and oil drums and, you know, typical teenage, what you do. Uh, and we had a boombox recording in the corner. This is a really reverberant concrete space. And it hit me when we listened to the cassette that was recording what we did. Uh, when played that cassette on my parents' stereo system, uh, it hit me at that moment two things. One, that it was possible to record music that would, or record sound that would come out of speakers in the same way that an album that I bought would also come out of speakers. There was an actual... Uh, maybe this is dumb or maybe this is everyone's experience, I'm not sure, uh, a disconnect between well, I'm listening to music, but how does this stuff get there? Yeah. Uh, there's all, all sorts of you know, assumptions, like well, someone who knows a whole lot more than I do does something that I don't understand and music happens. Mm. By playing the tape out of that speakers, I was like, oh no, actually I can make that with no knowledge of what I'm doing. Yeah. The other thing that hit me was how different the tape sounded from how it sounded in the room. Totally. Uh, and that made my head explode. And it, it yeah. that, that actually has never left me all these 30, whatever. Totally. Uh, I can't, can't count all the <laughs> yeah. years later of that. Mm. I can, I can make a recording uh, while doing something or playing a sound in a space. And there's an element of a loss of control where the recording is doing some of the processing for me. Right. And when I hear it back, 
I'm not certain what it's going to sound like. And that's really, really exciting. Totally. Uh, so that first hit me when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and I started making kind of collages of cassette tapes just uh, in my bedroom cool. when I was in high school. Like just mm. for no, I didn't really know what experimental whatever music was yeah uh, i was really in i was really into like I don't know, front 242 and they might be giants you know whatever oh, cool. kid is into. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. at the time uh i still love front 242 they were great <laughs> oh sure yeah. i'll stand by every recording they made <laughs> front 242 were great but that's not what we're talking about so, <laughs> no um, that's great that's 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 interesting to hear that, that you know that that's what got you into and that's not the 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 kind of like most mainstream stuff to get into as a kid either so i think that that definitely says something about kind of what you were listening out for yeah the things that that really got me about music was sounds that i couldn't uh i couldn't place uh, how they were made or where they were coming from yeah so electronic music really appealed to me Absolutely. so uh, that's how i got like the whole wax tracks catalog i was like i don't know what a synthesizer is yeah i don't know why that voice sounds like that mm. um I don't know anything about alienness, uh, and I remember distinctly. I was a junior in high school, and I heard "Skinny Puppy" for the first time. Yeah. Uh, now that's now I, I'm I'm speaking now. I'm 48. That stuff doesn't quite hold up. But yeah, yeah. thinking back to my, you know, six, 17 year old self, totally. uh, and I, I remember hearing it as total noise. Yeah. I remember hearing Vivisect Six and hearing no details, no beat, no melody. I remember just the feeling of not understanding. The same thing happened when I heard punk rock, you know, Dead Kennedys yeah, just sounded uh -huh. like a blur, right. just a blur with no details in it. And a Fishbone, the same thing. I yeah. was so excited about Fishbone. Now, again, listening back to that ska punk, whatever, as a 48-year-old, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it, it was just ska punk. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Mm. But it was more the experience of encountering something that I was unfamiliar with, and I only totally. heard noise. Yeah. So as I started hearing like the art of noise and uh -huh. um, uh, other other electronic pop music, yeah. um, I became more aware that there was this whole world out there that uh -huh. in South Florida before the internet, yeah, no one knew this. Right, I was right. discovering it like I was like I was finding a, like a new country, and yeah. I had to go searching for it in Miami and Fort Lauderdale and mm -hmm. you know these weird out of the way record shops just digging through the bins looking for covers of records that looked unfamiliar what is yeah. this i don't know i'm going to spend five bucks take it home and find out yeah, yeah. And, um, that's awesome yeah and so that that's where that's where it started with me uh -huh. just kind of chasing the dragon of not understanding what i was hearing yeah until i, I did yeah. and then i was like well what else is out there right. to give me that same what is this feeling so that, oh. that was the that was kind of the first spark yeah um, that's yeah. amazing when i when i by the time i moved to boston uh, after college, would be 1998. I had made music knowing what I was. I mean, let me couch that. Um, <laughs> I I was in I was intentionally doing something. Yeah, yeah. Let mm -hmm. maybe how about that? Mm -hmm. And I knew that what I was making fit into a a wider world of of electronic music. It, it was not. It was still ignorant. But it wasn't like high school kid ignorant. I was just I was already doing a thing. And you weren't in community. You, you weren't like in community with like a scene yet. But you like knew other people right. out in the world were doing that somewhere. Right. And so I was mm. at that point in touch with John Olson, 
uh, who ran ran American Tapes and oh, yeah, Pies yeah. and Spikes, and uh, I think his music is just just brilliant. Yeah. I, I think he's an absolutely brilliant composer. Um, so I was in touch with him. I was in touch with uh, Franz de Ward mm -hmm. in the Netherlands, who yeah. still a close friend. Uh -huh. uh, he did Capote music and now does Modelbau and a, a bunch of other stuff. So I was starting to be in touch with people. Mm. I'd started my record label uh, at that point and put out a, a few CDs. Um, and so when I moved to Boston, I knew Ur Records and Lowell. Right. And, and it was going up to visit that store. And then I quickly, it was actually one of the big reasons I moved to Massachusetts was because Florida pre-internet was really shut off from the culture that I mm. found exciting. Right, uh, right. It was like things were happening and I would read about them happening, yeah. but they were happening in places that were out of driving distance from where, mm. I, where I was. Right. So I wanted to get to where this thing I was excited about was and I chose Boston. Yeah, uh, cool. That's when I started meeting other people, making it, and my music at the time was entirely improvised. Mm. Um, not really by an intentional choice, but because I, I didn't know how to make music. And that seemed like a thing that I could just do. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And so my first recordings, my first music was really intuitive and I think bad. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so, so it was, uh, I still hadn't quite made the connection between how to produce a sound uh -huh. and record it and produce a recording uh, that was worth listening to. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was doing this very nervy, um, hectic, um, tense, um, linear, um, nervous, anxious music, completely improvised. It's essentially like experimenting, experimenting with something and then sit, like hearing back what the sound happened and then go, you know, either adjusting from there in real time, essentially like, oh, I don't like that. Let me go into the next sound. And then, oh, oh, that's pretty cool. Let me stay on that kind of a thing. Yeah, I had a table full of cassette players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, I and I would get really, really, really nervous before a performance mm -hmm. and run around in a circle and really work myself up. And then it was my time and I would press all the buttons really quick for five <laughs> minutes. Thank you. Good night. And, and that was it. Uh, and now at the, at the time, you know, there were other people making improvised music. Yeah where I was and so I was I was going to concerts and hearing people right. make you know that that you know free improv lineage uh mm -hmm. Derek Bailey um you know there was a there's a clear uh trajectory of that yeah. that I did not know about right. mm -hmm. uh, I fell into that from my own ignorance of how to do anything else mm -hmm. but I wasn't good at it but I did yeah. and so right. my record my recordings of that I I would listen back I'd play a show record it go home listen to it and think okay it felt really good when I was performing why don't I want to hear this? Oh, like, that's why am I not? Why don't I like this? Uh -huh. It took me a really long time to understand it. And, and the first spark was uh, uh, Franz de, de Ward, who I mentioned earlier, invited me to the Netherlands, uh, to where he lives in uh, Nijmegen. Uh, he uh, does a lot of work with this really awesome art space called Extrapol mm. that has a performance uh, venue and artist live workspace and a print shop and a recording studio. And Franz had a, uh, a project that he did where he would invite someone to fly over there and make a recording with anyone else anywhere in the world who they wouldn't otherwise get to record oh, wow. with. Mm. So, so I picked a, a friend of mine who we had been in touch and I, I don't th I think at that point, I don't remember if we had even met yet, uh, but this mm. guy named Giuseppe Alassi yeah, Giuseppe Alassi lived in Milan at the time. I think actually he was in Berlin mm. 
Giuseppe is a composer. Mm. That's exactly what he does. And so when we made our recording together at Extrapol, first we just set up our stuff and played. Yeah. Mm. And then Giuseppe said, okay, now I'm going to go into this multi-track program uh-huh. and edit things. And that was as much of a mind blower as <laughs> as hearing like a cassette that I made in my parents' garage for the first time was, oh wait, you can do that? So that was your first time <laughs> multi-tracking. Your first time like knowing Ever. that that was an option yeah. basically. It, it hadn't even entered my mind that that's a thing that I that I could do. Uh, it's something else like listening to like listening to music on the radio. Yeah. How did it get there? Yeah. I don't know. Right. People who know things that I don't know right. put that stuff there using a method that I don't have access to. When mm-hmm. I watched Giuseppe take the sounds we made and edit them and put them in space and multi-track them and process this bit, air out that bit and shape and sculpt our improvisation into uh-huh. four pretty tight songs. Uh-huh. Holy shit! <laughs> and like, I, it was such a mind blower. It was so out of what I understood was possible that I, I watched him do it, but I didn't have a lot of input in the forms because mm. I didn't even mm. think that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are forms? Right. What are compositions? It's the thing that I do in real time when I'm nervous and there's like 20 people in front of me and I have a table full of tape. <laughs> and you got to do something. That's composing. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. So you know, yeah. boop boop boop. Thank you. Good night. That's that's composing. Right? Uh-huh. So. So I came back from that trip to the Netherlands, just my brain just spinning, like this is possible. Oh, wow. I cool. want to make that. Cool. And that's when I made Bond Inputs. Ah, okay. Cool. That's when I said, okay, I'm going to do what I watched Giuseppe do. Because yeah. if, he, if he can do it, I can do it. I watched him. Mm-hmm. How hard can it be? Right. Uh, you know, com- composing. <laughs> How hard is that? Yeah. <laughs> so talk us through what happened then in Bonn and, let's, and kind of like, what, what's, what's the difference or similarity in the process that you did with Franz? Because it sounds like basically for that session, you guys did an improv and then Correct me if I'm wrong, basically he kind of took it from there to some extent and kind of, you know, started manipulating it and putting it into a form and then what you probably gave some kind of input on X, Y, and Z, you like this, you don't like this, maybe we should do this. I must have, Yeah. but mm. I give most of the credit that to Giuseppe. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Giuseppe, uh, right. He, uh-huh. He's the, Giuseppe, yeah. yeah, yeah. Franz and I did make a lot of recordings together and we still do. Right, okay. But that's, 
that happened after. Yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I think. So then what did, when you came uh, back and you were like, okay, now I'm by myself, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this on my yeah. own at this point with, with Bond Inlets, uh, how did you kind of translate that same process or like try, you know, I, essentially for your first time, kind of like, just like, let's go in and do that now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <clears throat> when I was making my improvised music, that I would, I, I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't sure what I was going for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just knew that I could do this thing and then it happened and people clapped. Mm -hmm. and there you go, I'll keep doing mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but when I talked with people about my music and when I read reviews about recordings, because there are, I have plenty of recordings of that style, yeah. um, or was interviewed about it or talked to people after concerts, the main topic of the conversation was about how I made the music. Mm -hmm. right. It was mm -hmm. about process. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I would be asked about, oh, tape loops or modified cassette players or mm -hmm. manipulated field recordings. I don't do any of that. I have no idea how to make a tape loop. I don't know how to modify anything at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can cook dinner. Like, I can modify some food. Like, I can't modify <laughs> electronics. Uh -huh. when, my gear fall, when my gear falls apart, I throw it out and buy yeah, more yeah. gear. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how to fix anything. So uh -huh. I, I became aware that the conversation about the music wasn't about the music. And the reason for that was that the music was nothing to talk about. And that I wasn't making a musical experience. I was making documents. Oh, interesting. And, and documents and documents are just what they are. What do you talk about if it's not something recorded in an artful way? If the, if what's in, if what's salient is the process, then the, there's no content. Mm -hmm. um, which isn't to say that there mm -hmm. aren't enjoyable or formal recordings. I did X and Y came out, and this is that. Sure, I mm -hmm. listen to a lot of music like that, but that's not me. That's not mm -hmm. my impulse, mm -hmm. um, and that mm -hmm. isn't anything that I want to communicate or how I think. So when I made Bond Inlets, I explicitly uh, I had to make a, an album that communicated atmosphere, emotion, uh, something that's worth communicating with other people. And so I had to separate myself from my previous processes and really pay attention to the sounds and mm -hmm. then why these sounds what am I trying to say with these sounds? Mm -hmm. Why is it important? What's the experience of listening to it from front to back? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think Bond Inlets was my first relatively successful uh, attempt at that. Yeah, okay. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like, like synthesizing what you just said is basically, it's kind of this re reversal from like, oh, my process just happens to out you know output sound and you know i just know how to do this thing and it just there's a like it's a cause to that causes an effect basically okay cool and now it's kind of a reversal or, or starting at bonnetless it's a kind of a reversal moment where you realize i can actually just you know aim for this effect or aim for this thing to this end goal and i just this is in service for me to get to the end goal type of a thing the process now becomes in service to the mm. what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say something, mm. not just do an action. Gotcha. I see. No, no. Uh, I was just thinking, like uh, that album came out uh, when again? 
jeez. I just looked it up so I can answer it. <laughs> yeah, you tell it's, me. It's, yeah. It said you recorded yeah. it between 2005 and 2007. And so I think it, it said something about 2006 in the liner or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, um, no, I was just uh, curious, like, how... Um, I mean, because like an album that I listened to and liked very much was Songs from 2003, um, uh. you know, which with um, together with Jason Talbot. Um, yes. Uh, and I mean, what I liked about that, it was like, you know, how like kind of often um, tracks like Teeth, which were very much um, you know, concentrated sounds in many ways and a lot of space and really um, sparse. Um, they weren't really thought out or or how like um, how was that different those were improvisations mm -hmm. yeah those were improvisations yeah and so um, my, my my thinking in that stuff which I've listened to I've listened back to that and uh, that songs is probably the, the pinnacle of that uh, phase of what I did. Mm -hmm. I think that that is as good as that type of uh, of music ever got for, for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and my, my duo with Jason Talbot, um, uh, we had performed a lot, we toured mm -hmm. a lot, um, we had kind of honed what it is that we could do and the, the range of things that were possible. Um, mm -hmm. But I was listening to, uh, I was listening to a lot of uh, Runzel Stern and Gerwolstock and yeah. P sixteen D four. P sixteen D four is a huge, huge influence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, side note, um, I lived, when I was making Bond inlets, uh -huh. mm -hmm. I didn't know this, but at the time, one of the members of P sixteen D four was living down the street from me. Oh wow! Because <laughs> he was because he was teaching at MIT. Uh, he's like a, he's a math teacher now, oh, and I didn't wow. know until years later. Okay, uh, I was okay. talking to uh, uh, I think wow. it was Uncle Volshid, who was, was over from Boston, and I, I took him out for like uh, wow. you know, dinner before he was going to give a performance. And he said, "Oh, you know who used to live here? Oh, I wish I would have known that." I <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, so uh -huh. so when I uh, I when I was listening to a lot of those guys, something that uh, really struck me was the sense of pacing mm. and the sense of tension. And tension and release and small sounds bracketed by a really pregnant, um, not quite silence, but this really coiled uh, tension. And so what Jason and I uh, were doing at the time was just a lot of controlled tension. Uh. Uh, so, yeah, and it was really influenced by that. And if you'd seen us perform, the music would make more sense mm -hmm. because you know I was an absolute nervous wreck. Uh, Jason was not. He's very composed. <laughs> Jason was like, I do this. This is yeah. fine. And mm -hmm. I was like, 
I'm going to fall apart any second. Uh, so I think I think we we must have been very entertaining duo, and people really responded to our mm-hmm. our concerts, which were all about ten minutes long. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, we played our songs were like three or four minutes long, mm-hmm. and they were just these like blurts, and we had this mm-hmm. nice telepathy to it. Now, um, that's the music that I just. I recognize what it was. I understand why mm-hmm. we made it. I understand that it's a good example of what we made. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that's a document. It's mm-hmm. not an intentional recording of something that works as an album necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Jason and I, when we stopped playing music together, I think we did everything that we could have done mm-hmm. and said everything we could have said. Gotcha. So. No, I was, I, I mean, listening to, to that album, I really felt like, uh, I mean, because they are noticeably be, um, shorter than most mm. of your music. Um, mm. right. and, and they felt a little bit like, you know, it's like these like MC5 punk songs where it's just like, ding, 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 <laughs> here's sure. the idea and we are out. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. And, um, that's right. And we, and we can talk about duration. Yeah. You know, yeah. Later, because mm-hmm. duration and time is, it, you know, my my ideas about duration mm-hmm. are definitely informed by my work with Jason Talbot for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And if you were to see, if you were to see Jason and I perform, um, we were kind of. I, I don't want to belittle it because I because re- I it's 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 the best example of that that I've done. But there was a comedy element. <laughs> it was funny, and and the way that we would be so intense and end. Huh. and say thank you that's it like uh-huh. it kind of at the same time yeah when we both knew that a piece ended two minutes after it started mm-hmm. people laughed really and, <laughs> and, we re- and we recognized that it was funny mm-hmm. you know but it was but like how often can you do that and how many other things can you say you know right. there's people right. who play improvised improvised mm-hmm. instrumental music very well mm-hmm. uh and that's i, I was faking it it wasn't Mm-hmm. It's not not how I not really how I how I think, but I faked it for for a long time. And you know, at that time, I thought of the cassette players as instruments. Right. Mm-hmm. When I stopped thinking them as instruments, I think my music got better, and I think I was able to express things, express more things, mm. more clearly, mm. and make make music instead of I did this bleep bloop for like <laughs> five minutes and gave it a name. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, here, here's a here's a bunch of them in a row. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I want to transition to that in a way, to what you were talking about duration and time, because one, um, mm-hmm. th- because I mean, basically in the same conversation, something that Georg and I talk a lot about, um, and talk and try to bring up in our podcasts all the time is kind of this, uh, something that's I think, in some ways, been very important developmentally to to the two of us, uh, as people kind of coming, I guess, um, through some kind of a notated music tradition um and kind of so this idea of kind of pre-planning and this idea of kind of like mm-hmm. you know having some some idea of a thing that that potentially could happen so let me kind of pre-structure how that i think that's going to go and maybe of course surprises happen along the way as you're making the thing but we're all, it's always interesting to hear about different people's kind of pre-planning I, ideas of pre-planning and, and their ideas of uh kind of how they they just structure the thing before they get to the thing and it sounds like you had like some this big kind of development essentially in terms of bringing that uh more and more into your process and and maybe even um it sounds like you know kind of giving a spoiler alert for the for 
those listening that essentially that kind of turn into a kind of a retreat into the studio for you to some extent, right? And and a kind of a at least some kind of a slowing down of performance or kind of getting a little bit getting out of performance kind of coincided with that kind of structuring kind of idea. Yeah, just be, I think I mean in in general I think this question goes to um, basically um, like your process and and how you, and I mean in in that way where we are thinking of just like how it has changed I mean the formal aspect how you think about your music from there okay. and and yeah. especially thinking on a time element like specifically in this series for instance like. Are you deciding like, hey, I want to do this, you know, maybe roughly 15 minute track. And, you know, I think I want to do this thing for like the first third of it. And, and then I want to move to this and I'm planning this all out ahead of time. And then I'm going to execute some stuff and see if I can actually get that to happen. Or just kind of how are you kind of mapping out stuff or, and, and how has that it seems like that's obviously changed in your process. But, yeah, if you can just kind of speak on that a little bit. Sure. Um let me, let me say it right. I, I'm, I'm a teacher, right? I'm a public school teacher. Oh, teacher right. math. <clears throat> uh, the, so, and I get a lot of satisfaction out of that, uh, about doing something that's meaningful, um, mm. and doing something that directly affects other people. Yeah. And so that when I'm finish what I'm doing and walk away, um, I can think, well, that was worth. Mm -hmm. That was worth doing. That made someone's life and a system that I believe in yeah. uh, better for, for having yeah. done it. Mm. Um, to make art, I feel the same. Uh, I want to make sure that if I'm doing something, that if I'm communicating with other people, which, um, uh, which, which, despite a lack of anyone listening, it, it is what I'm trying to do <laughs> is communicate with uh -huh. other people. Uh, yeah. Then I want to make sure that that uh, I'm communicating something that is worth communicating and that's authentic. Uh, mm -hmm. Something that's genuine, that means honest. Mm. So initially, when I started making compositions, uh, I wanted to strip away things that I thought were dishonest, uh, things that I thought were priming uh, this entirely theoretical listener to feel a certain way or come in with mm. a certain expectation or, or be colored in have their opinions colored beforehand. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not a I'm not aggressive or dark or uh you know there are these things that that that, that music can come with that's just uh -huh. absolutely not me you know but also um I, I i was aware of what i didn't want to come off as mm. and mm. so since i started with kind of uh, how to phrase it when, since my initial ideas were in opposition to other ideas and not necessarily mm -hmm. uh, this is what I want but this is what I don't want mm -hmm. then my first uh, compositions things like Bond Inlets uh, were kind of austere um, mm -hmm. to their detriment I think um, because I'm not austere mm. but I you know I'm like I don't want someone to think that I'm a deadly serious uh -huh. uh, someone who knows uh, more about composition than I do or that, uh -huh. that I'm saying something about my process because I'm not, uh, I don't want to come off as um, uh, a character, Yeah. Mm. you know, but I also don't want a lot of, I don't want it necessarily to be about me because who am I? I'm no one. Uh, and so 
I, I, my first work was kind of a balance of, um, I want to say something that's real to me, mm-hmm. but I don't want to tell you what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if I give you like a gray slate, you'll see in it what whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because <clears throat> I'm not making music about tapes, even though my mm-hmm. music is all made with tapes. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not making music about the process of its recording because right. I don't know how to record anything. Yeah, and so yeah. it's not that, and I have no knowledge right. of that, and that's just isn't me. I'm right. not necessarily making music about a, about composition, because right. I don't know how to compose, really. Like, I'm not that, I just don't come from that world. Yeah. So mm. what am I saying? Uh-huh. Like, so is, am I just saying nothing? Like, because also, I don't want to say nothing. Uh-huh. Why mm. bother? Like, that's not it either. It's not right. nihilistic. It, right. It's, uh, and so to, to come back to that, to that I'm a teacher. It took a while uh, for me to articulate to myself, so why am I doing this? Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and what do I want someone to come away with? Uh, yeah. And why do it at all? And, and I think what I, what I settled on is that it's, it's joyful. It's music mm-hmm. that's, that's about being human. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. But but my music has humor in it. I think yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's mm-hmm. elements where where my personality shines through, you know. But I'm not a character. Right. Uh, I'm not larger than life. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm just a suburban dude uh, in, the, in in New England. Like there's. I'm just me. But also, yeah. I want to convey a. a, a, a I want to convey a uh, an an ex an, an ex, ecstasy uh, right. a humanity a. a, a a positive feeling, but not like new age bullshit either. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that. <laughs> there should be, there's a tension, there's a certain, uh, I, I think that I try to control tension and release uh-huh. and, and focusing people to, a, to one place and then to another or focusing uh-huh. people's attention to one place while creating layers underneath it that right. uh, offset that or, or point in a different direction so that I'm making mm-hmm. something that, that one could sink into mm-hmm. over time and listen to for years and hear mm-hmm. a lot in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the way that when I first heard, you know, stupid industrial music when I was a kid, yeah. I heard one thing the first time. And then mm-hmm. once I apprehended it, I heard uh, different things. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, then I heard the structure like, oh, this is not just a wall of noise. It's actually mm-hmm. a song and here's the beat. Oh, mm-hmm. and here's the melody. Oh, right. and actually there are lyrics and oh, I can mm-hmm. hear those. And oh, here's how the, the percussion changes over time. And the more I hear this mm-hmm. thing, the more I hear in it. Mm-hmm. And so I try to mm-hmm. make something that's participatory and that's, uh, it, uh, what's the word, uh, enveloping. Uh, some of yeah. the people will want to hear, will want to hear more than once, ideally, you know, a lot mm-hmm. more than once and spend a lot of time with and mm-hmm. hear different things that I'm saying in that. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I'm, that's oh, how my, mm-hmm. I my love focus that. shifted over time. Yeah, yeah. Because I lo- I when, love, I, when yeah, I started, yeah. that isn't what I was thinking at all. Yeah, I was right. just p- pressing play and hoping that what came out worked. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, my intention changed, which is why my music has become in a way more melodic uh-huh. uh, and, and uh, o- over time. And I've introduced more um, songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and sometimes I think that I'm a songwriter. Like sometimes <laughs> I think that I think that might be what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. I don't care enough to really settle on whether I am or not. I, I kind of <laughs> think that's not my job to 
<laughs> to define, but I, <laughs> but I kind of think that it's, uh, it's headed sort of in that direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That it, that I'm making music that's enjoyable because uh-huh. uh, I'm I'm not trying to hurt people, um, <laughs> but is also um, has enough grit and enough to hear, and and, and that my ignorance translates into uh, compositional decisions that are more interesting than if I knew what I was doing. Uh, and then that works okay. Interesting uh, and related to this, I think, um, something that struck me a little bit was when I was uh, listening to kind of uh, um, the, the newest um, album. Volume 4. Um, yeah, the Volume 4. Um, and um, comparatively to like a lot of the other music, which is very often like kind of monolithic or has like a monochromic uh, texture to it yeah Um, and I would say like you know almost uh, like a you know lake that's just you know running uh, away Um, um, it has much more like kind of sectional boundaries or or some kind of a structure that's more noticeable like now we are shifting from from this world into another or not exactly but some kind of arriving at other places Um, um, and is that something you've I mean just developed over time or is that like more a sense of a structure yeah sure Uh, it is yeah yeah so you mentioned my more monochromatic uh, work um, mm. I was, I was, I, I'm still interested in that, uh, mm. and I, I like, 
the I like when elements overstay their welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like I I like when uh, when something sounds like forty minutes of the same thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it isn't, right. uh, mm -hmm. and that. And there's that pushing past, like, oh, maybe it should end now. But instead yeah. of moving forwards, it moves, it moves sideways, or it moves in a mm -hmm. few directions. And the mm -hmm. more you hear it, the more that reveals itself. So, right. for example, the uh, the third uh, disc of invariably falling forward is uh, is a single track called Maroon. It's like mm -hmm. 40 minutes long or something. Um, mm -hmm. And the most common response I got to that, um, I really got a lot, was, "Hey, that was too long." <laughs> I heard that a lot. So, <laughs> and uh, and so and I disagree. Uh, mm. I, I I don't think it is. And I've listened back to it recently, actually, because I, the way that I compose is so uh, intense mm -hmm. that I forget what I did after I did it. And when I listen mm -hmm. back to my music, it's often unfamiliar mm -hmm, <laughs> to me, mm -hmm, uh, which mm -hmm. I, and I actually really love that yeah. that quality mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. it. I'm really happy about that. And Maroon work that same way so mm -hmm. when people started telling me and they really did mm -hmm. hey maroon that's too long uh -huh. um i i listened back to it and because it sounded unfamiliar i was hearing it as if i wasn't the one who wrote it right and yeah. i found that like oh this there's one section of it that moves from one sound world into another so slowly mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it, that if you're not a hundred percent immersed in it you wouldn't mm -hmm. notice that it had moved at all, except uh -huh. I know that the place, like maybe 15 minutes apart, um, mm -hmm. are completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and yeah. then the ending seems like it starts, I don't know, 15 minutes before it actually does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And at the moment where it seems like it's ending, mm -hmm. there's like two more sections. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that overstaying something's welcome, but not really. Uh, is a quality that I am going for, right. and that I like it when uh, kind of your attention is being put into this one box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you if you're not paying attention to it, then sure, it's a it's a drone, it's boring. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. But if you but if you are, then um, you, there's there's a lot more in it to, to dig in, and, yeah, and you're yeah. and you're, it, you're taking on more movements than it, than it might first appear to. And with suburban observances, right. I haven't quite done that, but but we can talk about them. The, what's behind each of those. Mm -hmm. like I mean two things it seems like um, it's like you're saying it you're, it's not that you're against that kind of 
let's say monochromaticism or whatever it is um it's more so this thing where again like the thing you were saying all the way back in the beginning it's more so that now that monochromaticism is not an accident that that occurred Mm -hmm. because of the things that just happened to turn up when you push boop 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 these buttons or whatever and now uh, you're able to kind of very good impression of me at 20 years old. Thank you for that. Yeah. Perfect. I did my yeah. research, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and more so now, what's so interesting to hear you say about that is it's almost like you now are using that in service of time, basically. Like you're you now are using mm-hmm. that kind of idea of a thing as in the service of the sensation of being in the duration of something, and now you can use it essentially as a more of a formal tool. Yeah, instead of an accident, which I think is so fascinating. Right. Um, yeah. uh, secondly, the other thing that strikes me is I, this is kind of going back a little bit, but I so enjoy your description of, well, first of all, all the stuff you said about your new project all comes through in hearing it. So that's mm-hmm. a success, which I think is really an amazing thing to see. Um, mm-hmm. And uh Particularly what strikes me with that is Jorg and I, when we were unpacking some of it the other day, um, what I think is so striking about that is what you were just saying about all the different layers. It's so much more layered. And again, there's much more kind of formal clarity about things. I noticed a lot more just kind of, there, there are moments where they're just like hard cuts of things and you go to this and this and you can see, you can start pulling apart those layers. But what, what strikes me in how you describe that, I really like that kind of explanation you had in regards to almost like uh, complexity or um, structure as a participatory kind of uh, as a participatory thing, you know, like I, I like that idea that um, the the participatory nature of it is this kind of like unraveling or or this like you know trying to piece mm. things apart or piece things together, or t- try to see how things fit. I I so I I so think. I so agree with that. I guess that's mostly what I just am saying that I, I think that's such an interesting, that that's how I listen to, to stuff too. And I'm always, you know, like, how is this flowing into this? And, oh, I noticed just mm. the second time I heard this, that this like popped out of the texture and I never heard that as a separate thing. And you can, you know, pull all these things apart. Um, anyways, I, I, I don't think it often gets, um, I don't think it often gets uh, its due uh, that kind of, I guess type the way Georg and I feel like t- have talked about it in this podcast is that's a, a mode of listening in a way that we're trying to kind of prioritize in some kind of sense with this podcast too is all 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 music in some way has these things that we can pull apart and we can investigate and we can go in deeper to but it, it takes kind of a mode and a practice of listening in some way to be able to kind of find your way into that you know um, mm-hmm. yeah and to be to be sure, I don't I don't want to, I don't want my music to be forcing a particular kind of listening on on mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm not um, I'm not making music about music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not making music that's a comment on on music. Mm-hmm. I'm making music. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and because of my my particular my politics my outlook, like it has to be, uh, uh, it, it's about having someone listen to it like right, it's right, about right. It's, it's about mm-hmm. uh you know it's not like you know music about attention or music mm-hmm. about right. a particular topic it's about i'm talking to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and right. 
and, and common humanity. And, uh, you know, we don't get that much time to be alive. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, so if, if we're going to, if I'm going to say something, if I'm going to take up an hour of someone's time to say mm-hmm. something to them, and if I'm going to take up however many you know, months and months of my mm-hmm. time to make something to say, you know, mm-hmm. then it has to be something that's worth, worth saying and worth experience, worth experiencing yeah. and uh, a communication mm-hmm. that we both leave happy having mm-hmm. done, having, having made whether or not we physically are, you know, we're talking to each other, like, hey, mm-hmm. I heard your album, I, I like it, oh, yeah. great, thank you, I'm glad you listened to it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. aside from that, I send <laughs> I send a transmission out into the world, I have this thing to say, mm-hmm. I'm saying it with this music, I, I want mm-hmm. people to to hear it. Like, I'm, it's not yeah. an intentional challenge, I'm not, it's mm-hmm. not a, here's yeah, something yeah. that's mm-hmm. difficult, I want you to appreciate how great a composer I am. It's yeah. more gut level than that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I'm hoping that that's something that, that comes through. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I mean, very much uh, connected to um, the idea of process. Uh, you use a lot of like field recordings, and of course, because of the Ooh. tapes, um, of the tapes, and like more recently, more almost recording of uh, bands, you know, or or some Which kind of jam songs. sessions, yeah, uh-huh. songs, yeah. And I'm just. Um, how are you like are you always recording you know do you have a cassette tape on you most of the time <laughs> no way uh, no <laughs> no you're, no you're no way no not no way. on a scavenger hunt around Never. the neighborhoods with your uh tape recorder uh, you give me too much credit for doing work <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't no. no um you know my thoughts are not about looking for sounds mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. about using the sounds that are around me to say the thing that i'm always thinking about saying mm-hmm. so that's kind of the order of preference mm-hmm. so so the sources of my sounds are not even all that important to me they mm-hmm. happen to be cassette tapes because i've been you, know, you do something for so long that's just how you think you know if i was uh-huh. a guitar uh-huh. player mm-hmm. i and i started playing guitar in high school i would mm-hmm. still be playing guitar now uh-huh. Uh-huh. i'm not when i was in high school I started making music with cassette tapes, and it's just mm. what I know and how I think at this point. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can play the drums a little bit, but not, uh-huh. not really. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, my thought about what the sources are, I don't even think of them as field recordings. Um, I just record stuff, so, and, mm-hmm. and I get sounds from other people. Yeah. So the, the compositional shift that I, think, that I think happened that I'm the most satisfied with and that brings uh, brings me from songs to what I'm doing now. I think started with um, uh, there was a, a double a double album that I made called uh, "Anathematization of the World Is Not an Adequate Response to the World," which mm. I think the title says it all. Um, you know, you can't just say the world sucks <laughs> and throw your hands up because mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. like what that doesn't what does that do for anybody? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to respond to the world, interact with the world, and have some. It, it still was about communication, and so what I started doing in in that, and that continued through in, in invariably falling forward, and now in the suburban observances project, is I started by inviting people to send me some sounds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people who I chose very intentionally, mm-hmm. people who I either had made music with before, friends of mine. Or people whose whose work I just really admired, mm-hmm. and I started writing music with their sounds embedded. Mm-hmm. 
I asked people, starting with that album, starting with the Nethanization of the World, asking people to sing for me. So mm. I had uh, Richard Youngs, uh, who's a, uh, in, in the UK, a singer-songwriter, and he, his career is just so diverse, uh, and Peter Hope, uh, who mm -hmm. is from uh, Manchester, but lives in New Zealand now, and whose music I like an awful lot. I was a fan of his since Wax Tracks High School days. He made mm. an album mm. with uh, Richard H. Kirk. It's really good. Mm. Uh, and he was in a post-punk band called The Box, which is really good, and what he does mm. now is also great. So I asked the both of them to sing for me. care what you mm -hmm. sing mm -hmm. i just want a human being seeing singing mm -hmm. and they sent me some acapella tracks and i made mm -hmm. uh, and i kind of built the built the course of the album around those when i went to uh, invariably falling forward i asked even more people to give me even more sounds so some people sang for me peter hope is on there again tom smith um who was a very uh, i mean a big big influence on me since I was a kid, uh, he passed away recently, which is just horrible, uh, way too young, but his music is really, I think, just brilliant. Uh, he sang on, on one track. Uh, Audrey Chen. Who else? A bunch of a bunch of other people. They sent me up singing and some. Oh, Elizabeth King, um, my friend Bill Ironfield, who lived in the building that I lived in as well, and is a just a great guy and a good friend. Um, I asked these people to give me sounds, and I wrote invariably falling forward. Uh, it's three CDs long, and I thought of it as a movie with a start, middle, end. Huh. And so I knew oh, I wanted it to be monumental. I knew I wanted it to be very big, um, but huh. I didn't want it to feel like a slog. I wanted to feel like you could get through this two and a half hours in one go and enjoy it all. And so mm -hmm. it has songs, totally it has songs. Um, it has, I sang on some parts, it has some instruments uh, on it, uh, and has just a lot of tape, really, really, really deep and heavily layered. And so the tension from one song to the next, and then from one CD to the next CD, I thought of it as the start, beginning, and ending of a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, so, so, so that came out, and I thought, this is, I can't do better than this, you know. But I'm not dead, so I've got to keep making. <laughs> so what do I do after this? <laughs> so, uh, and I plan to be around for as long as possible. So uh -huh. I'm going to make something after this mm -hmm. album that I'm uh -huh. so happy with. So what's the next step? Right. So the next step for me is suburban observances. Uh, so mm. that began. Uh, right around when COVID hit mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and well it's not about COVID it's yeah. not um, it, it started the idea for it started before COVID but it just mm -hmm. lucked out that this was a direction that my brain was heading in anyway yeah I thought okay I have all of these sounds uh, well let, let me take a step back and then yeah. forward um, so I'm a math teacher mm -hmm. and my job now is I'm what's called an instructional coach so mm -hmm. I go into people's classrooms and help that person reflect on mm -hmm. their educational practice. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, am I, here's what I observed happening in the classroom. Mm -hmm. What do you think mm -hmm. happened in the classroom? What aspects of your teaching 
do you want to improve? Mm -hmm. uh, and so my job is entirely about encouraging reflection mm -hmm. and change and growth and uh, kind of a, an honest look at what someone is, is doing. Teaching being, I think, the most important thing that one could possibly do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, making music is not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it's this other thing that I do, and it's also yeah. how I, uh, it's also it's a, the other lens through which I understand the world. Totally. So I thought, all right, th this um, practice of reflection, I have all of these sounds. I know them pretty well. I would love to, in the same way that as a teacher, uh, would encourage uh, an extra set of eyes to look at something that, that, that a teacher might be really, really familiar with and see it in a different way. Uh, you know, I know my own classroom. I know these kids. I know what my lessons are like. Someone who's not familiar with any of that could walk in and tell me what they see, and suddenly I can see my practice differently. Yeah, well, what mm -hmm. if I sent my sounds to a whole bunch of people and had them change them as dramatically, as radically as they like, so that I come back hearing my own sounds Mm -hmm. in a completely mm -hmm. different way through the lens of other people's perspectives. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I sent these very wow. familiar sounds to people all over the world. Uh, friends, uh, acquaintances, mm -hmm. and people who I didn't know but whose music I really liked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, here's a bunch of my sounds, a whole bunch of my sounds. Change them as much as you want and send them back to me and then I'm going to make myself compose mm -hmm. using changed versions my sounds made unfamiliar my sounds through yeah. other people's eyes wow and so right. what do i do mm. with that right mm. uh, make me unfamiliar to myself right so that i can have something new to say with my own voice okay so pause on that because i have some questions yeah. uh Please. firstly well so many so many interesting things come to mind um well so with those sounds um mm. a those are just th it's just a whole host of sounds that you've collected over the years, let's say. It's, it's, it's nothing that you've directed, you know, directly, you know, kind of siphoned specifically for this project. You just had a whole host of things that kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that existed already to some extent. Um, so then you take those and you send those off to the people. Um, I guess the first question that comes to mind is kind of like, I wonder, uh, a how I'm I'm kind of curious about like how surprised you were or weren't in terms of that defamiliarization when you got them back you know there must have been a, a range of kind of like a, a scale of manipulation right like I, I, I would imagine you get some back and maybe they changed you know a little thing here or a little thing there or maybe they they added some small thing over it or whatever but then I imagine you got some back that were like so wildly different. They were, became not just defamiliarized, but like unrecognizable as the they thing all, before. They all were that. They all were they that. All okay. Were that. So yeah. So there was a lot of conversation, you know, had beforehand, where mm -hmm. I, I told people, look, don't, don't be, don't be respectful. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want, mm -hmm. I don't want you to like, you know, add a couple of bleep bloops on the top of this. Like I, mm -hmm. I want you to take take this into a completely different direction yeah and mm -hmm. there's no there's no wrong yeah yeah mm -hmm. um okay and so you know uh, uh there's a, an artist named yan june and his response was that he put it on headphones mm -hmm. and spoke and sang to himself 
as he was listening. And what he mm. sent me back was just his voice and none of my sounds. <laughs> um, yeah. And so nice. that became, uh, I've used that in two, uh, two of those tracks on, on the second volume, ah, um, okay. which is called I've, I've Told You Once, ah. um, which I, I, I really like that title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a, a track uh, called uh, There Are Always Hands, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. his voice comes in as the uh, chorus of the song. Right, right. Um, uh, Phil Todd and, and uh, Melanie Dubslane uh, took my sounds and they played over them. Uh, okay. But Melanie, I think, I think, uh, and, and I, again, talking about process is not, I think, the most interesting thing. So I'm, I'm now doing the thing that I get annoyed when people do to me, which is a, a guess at what it is. Uh, what it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I think mm. she put my sounds into a sampler and uh-huh. pressed the sampler. I think ah, I could okay, be okay. wrong. I don't mm-hmm. know. But people did all sorts of things. Uh, yeah. Franz, mm-hmm. who of course was involved because I've right. been. Uh, he's a he's a he's an old friend and I, yeah. I, I I like him a whole lot mm, yeah. uh, and so I said here and he sent me back like hours oh wow <laughs> hours of uh-huh. of and I'm not sure what he did I mm. kind of recognize that it all came from my sounds I didn't yeah. ask him right um, but mm. he sent me back I think more sounds than I sent to him okay okay uh, other people like Haley Palumbo who is brilliant sent me three minutes yeah yeah right. So, so you really got a big range, yeah. So three, three different one-minute things, yep, mm-hmm. and, and it's like great. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I forced myself to to not just, not just take those sounds and be okay with them. Like here they are, you manipulated my sounds. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's right. like all right now here's new kind of raw materials. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's still what do I want to say with this stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I set myself a goal of it's it's six volumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you initially said that to yourself, like I want, I'm going to do six volumes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I sort of, I sort of had in my mind the, the trajectory of them in the way that with invariably falling forward, I, I, ha- I kind of had in mind the emotional journey from mm. start to end. You know mm. that that there would be uh, tight songs and then uh, abstract and, and prickly uh, soundscapes, and then there would be something that's kind of diff- diffuse, and then there'd be a mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. And that it would kind of go in this—I don't know if narrative is the right word—but this mm-hmm. sort of yeah. arc, kind yeah, of, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that it made sense when you get to the end of it. And with suburban observances, um, I kind of had that too. So I, I know what the sixth volume is going to be, mm-hmm. um, and my hope is that because it's longer, invariably falling forward, I think can be listened to from start to end. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. be—I think it can be a two and a half hour experience if you want that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Suburban Observances, it's six CDs long. Yeah. Or it's going to be. That's a lot to ask of anyone. Right. So right. they're each dis- so they're each distinct. You can listen mm-hmm. to one album and that's an experience. That's mm-hmm. a thought. But if yeah. you listen to more than one, you'll hear echoes from one to the other. So like a mm-hmm. sound that's an element of one song, you're gonna hear it in a different iteration later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so it, so if you wanna follow it all the way and if you wanna get immersed in it, um, you'll hear the You'll hear the songs talking to themselves uh, over time, okay. but it's not—it's not like a uh, a really pretentious. I, I need you to listen to me for six hours because <laughs> yeah, 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 that's but, how important. But it's not, not all, to say is like it's not yeah. that. It's it's not. It's also not the opposite, which is that um, you know that you e- each track had uh, the track had to be on volume two, for instance, and it couldn't be on volume six in your mind. It it, it it's like the it wasn't that you you know got enough material for volume one and then okay volume one is done 
okay, got enough material for volume two. Okay, that has to be volume two, I guess, because that's the beginning and the end. You like specifically stuff in volume two is supposed to have some kind of difference. There's supposed to be some kind of progression from that to stuff in volume six, for instance. Yeah, I mean, and and maybe it's not linear. Maybe progression yeah, yeah, isn't quite right. it, but it but there is right. there mm -hmm. are echoes from one to the other, and there yeah, yeah. they are uh, when when it's all done. Um, you know, it's going to be one unified thing, but it's also going to be six different things. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. And mm -hmm. however you want to deal with that, you can. If you just buy one, it's mm -hmm. fine. Right, right, right. If you just listen mm -hmm. to one. Right. That's that's something. Yeah. But yeah. as much attention as you want to pay the whole thing, it's there for yeah. you. Did you have, uh, I mean, all, like, are you still receiving sounds or, uh, you know, um, for, yes. for five and six? Um, yes. Five yeah. is pretty much done. Okay. Um, six, I'm going to write over the summer. I mean, I've, it's written in my head. I know what mm -hmm. it's going to be. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. But, uh, but because I'm, because I'm a public school teacher, you know, mm -hmm. my, I get, I get, my, my days are just so intense yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not i'm not making music when i come home I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm hanging yeah. out yeah at home mm -hmm. yeah uh so it'll it'll all it's here it's in my yeah, head mm -hmm. and over the summer i will i'll put it i'll, I'll commit it to a recording i am mm -hmm. still getting some sounds yeah um which is fine and there's a bunch of sounds i've received that uh, i haven't yet used but i know where they'll go Mm -hmm. But you're also being mm -hmm. somewhat selective, right? Because it sounds like you're getting so much material. I didn't realize how much, like you're getting some people from some people, you're getting hours worth of material. You're obviously not, you didn't set a rule for yourself, like a uh, kind of like, uh, you know, got to use every um, part of the animal kind of a situation. No. Um, oh, no. You're being, you're being cur curatorial and selective about like, oh, I think this will fit nicely and, and I can put it together with this, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, part of my instruction with people was, uh don't send me a finished piece right like this yeah. isn't like some remix album bullshit. yeah, yeah. like uh -huh. <laughs> like just like just do something or a few things yeah. and change mm -hmm. my sounds and they're going to mm -hmm. change a lot more yeah, yeah okay in the end so i'm not mm -hmm. sure if people would even recognize what they did yeah. when they hear mm -hmm. the finished piece because gotcha. it became so much more so much more manipulated uh as i heard what they did and like oh that triggered okay now i know now that i heard that you did this to this. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I can take this and I can do these other things with it to change it in this way. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And that can be part of this kind of songish thing I have in mind. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. speaking of songs, um, yeah, uh, we already kind of touched on that a little bit. How that, you know, I think the word that came across when Gurg and I were uh, reflecting on your albums was kind of just clarity. Um, there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more kind of sense of of latching on to um you know this this beat and then latching on to oh this thing happens and then, and then kind of being able to hear where the things are to some extent it's not this kind of hazy obfuscation mm -hmm. unless it becomes a thing where oh i that, this is supposed to be that that goes to this you know kind of some kind of transformation some kind of purposeful um again durational kind of experience of a thing um do you think, looking forward, I guess, you know, to some extent, I guess, past suburban observations, let's say, because you're going to keep living after that and you're going to keep making new, <laughs> you're going to have to keep making That's more right. music after that. Um, yes. do, do you do you have some kind of a sense, um, again, with that clarity, I think one of the th noticeable things that we already touched on is the kind of uh, both beat-based and maybe more song-like 
kind of things. There's some, you know, nice little like, uh, you know, kind of bass synth moments or whatever, little jams and little grooves that pop in and out of uh, of sort of an observances. Do you think you're you see yourself going deeper and deeper into that? Like, is is Howard Stelter's music in uh, in 15 years? Are you just gonna are you gonna start a band? Are you gonna like distill huh. things down into like I'm the you next, know? I'm I'm just like Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah. nice. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so good yeah <laughs> that's so good i'm so glad no. to hear that actually that's great <laughs> no no i'm i uh i mean and i can't stress this enough i don't have any talent like i can't i can't make <laughs> me, i can't like i don't have any skills um what i make is just what is what i can make so i don't uh i don't know exactly you know what the next yeah step is i'm, I'm still mm -hmm. deeply within suburban observances Right. Uh, I I don't I don't really know. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to start a band. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that, that's fair. Gotcha. I couldn't. I couldn't even yeah. if I wanted to, but I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I make a lot of uh, music with Brendan <laughs> Murray, who's a, an old friend, and uh, uh -huh. he and mm -hmm. I've talked about what we might do together next. That might be a. Mm -hmm. There cool. might be more with mm -hmm. him. I hope. I hope that I make more music with Brendan Murray. Uh, mm -hmm. He's terrific. I, I, yeah. I, I like him. You're part of. Part of uh, part of it is just that I, I want to make music with people who I who I like, mm -hmm. yeah, and who I want, definitely, you know, right. to, you mm -hmm. know because yeah. it's also about about communication in, in a way, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's something that's important. But as far as what I'm going to do on my own, I don't, I yeah. don't know yet. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm still doing this now. Yeah, and and um, we watched. I found like a YouTube. A video of you performing in 2017, I think. Uh, in times. Uh, in times. Oh, yeah. wow! Yeah. Um, okay. And, I, I want to uh, hear. I wanna yeah, hear you time. know, it, it, <laughs> no, it, um, I I really enjoyed the performance and yeah. um, especially uh, um, especially kind of the physic physicality of the performance. Which I mean, you have the the tape and the thing, and for me, I mean, the music and hearing the music was also seeing you kind of, you know, the embodiment of the music in a way. You touching the the, um, I mean, and it, it felt to me that you were kind of enjoying that aspect. Yeah, you're also that, very joyful. The music. Yeah, uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you bet I was. Thank you for saying no. that. And, yeah, yeah. and and like for me like how much is like you know and then uh, the physicality of the work especially with the tapes how how big part of the music is that that's maybe being lost then in the studio well i hope it's not being lost mm -hmm. um i hope that it's something different and related mm -hmm. um but i hope it's not lost i, I hope mm -hmm. that what what i uh, what becomes a recording, what becomes a listening experience and not a, a performance experience, mm -hmm. has physicality and, and humor and joy, mostly mm -hmm. joy, I hope, uh, mm -hmm. remains in it. And so the piece that you saw um, is called Across the Blazer. And it, there is a CD that I made, an album that I made, uh, where uh, that piece, the studio version of that piece is there. Now, uh, mm -hmm. I'll tell you a, a good story. So my aim with that piece, um, it, part of it, the melodic uh, uh, piece in that um, is taken from a song by one of my favorite uh, bands, Cardiacs. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Cardiacs. Mm -hmm. uh, 
they're, and if you've never heard of them, then you were like mm -hmm. most people. Um, <laughs> which is a damn shame because they were yeah. great um, but so so cardiacs uh, have a song called big ship oh. um, which is this big stupid love um, really strange song uh, cardiacs didn't really fit into any people called them prog and they were hated that because they're not people called mm. them post-punk and they were like we were never punk they were kind mm. of outside of everything which is probably why you've never heard of them uh, <laughs> They, they, but but um, to me, their music is so joyful and, mm. and so the, the embodiment of, uh, to, to an extent that's ridiculous, uh, the embodiment of I'm glad to be alive. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's so stupidly sincere about it that, uh, uh, that it's difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Across the Blazer is a line from the song Big Ship. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote, I wrote that album to be the first piece of it is this really tightly composed, um, awkward, tense, uncomfortable. And then the second piece, which is Across the Blazer, is the release. And it's just mm -hmm. this blooming, uh, to my mind, blooming, beautiful, joyful, like all arms raised in the air. Um, <laughs> you know, a big sunset, a hug of a, of a song. Mm -hmm. And so in the room, it was louder than you can imagine, but it was yeah, not. Yeah. It wasn't an assault. It was loud, uh -huh. as in I'm hugging the world, uh, uh -huh, and uh -huh. join me. Where we are alive, damn it! Here we are. Uh -huh. Let's let's really enjoy this moment now. So I, the studio recording of it um, is of some elements of it that I made in the studio, and then some recordings of when I performed it live. So that uh -huh. version at end times. Which, by the way, if you go look at that video, the only people who commented on it are uh, kids who I taught sixth grade math <laughs> to. Um, so, it, yeah, yeah. One, one of the comments is, "OMG, that's my math teacher." <laughs> Which, isn't that the best? That's so funny. Isn't that just yeah. the greatest? It's so good. <laughs> so happy about that. So yeah. and then I performed it in Boston, and I performed it somewhere else. And so mm. I took these recordings and kind of brought them back into the studio and made this album out of it. Now when it came out I thought that's it. That's the best thing I've done. Before <laughs> the next thing that came out which I thought that's it, that's the best thing I've done. So yeah. at the time across the blazer I was like, here it is. Uh -huh. I'm mm. this is the most authentic me. Uh, and then I started um, hearing what people thought of it. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> go there. But but I did and so uh, a, a review came out in a magazine called uh, Tone Glow, which uh -huh. is very good. And the guy who wrote it is a terrific human. Uh, and he and I started a, a, a really good correspondence after this. He's a, a real nice guy in Chicago. Uh, and his review of it, clearly, he had listened to it deeply and for a while. Mm -hmm. and, and, and his response was, um, and I'm going to paraphrase, mm -hmm. uh, this is awkward and uncomfortable and I don't like it. Hmm. So his perception of this thing that I thought was, here I am expressing, uh, uh, expressing a vibrant life, mm. uh, he heard as claustrophobic and mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Now, um, is he wrong? No. Mm -hmm. Because when I release it, it's gone from me, and if yeah, someone mm -hmm. hears it in a way, right. then that's what it is. Right. Um, uh, so... Um, <clears throat> 
Uh, so I have to be aware that what I think I'm saying is may not be what I'm saying for every mm-hmm. person who's listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I maybe, uh, you know, the goal that I have when I'm making it, uh, maybe it's OK if I don't meet that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah. The, that's somewhat the participatory element that you were talking about. Right. Like that kind of like when the media comes in, out of you and out of your power and into the interaction with other humans. Right. Yeah, I'm. Also, I'm grateful that I'm grateful that he and anyone gave him gave it attention and time at right, all, right, um, right. because you know you could just listen to Remain in Light or on repeat over and over, and that's a right. that'd be fine. You know that you would <laughs> listen to something else. It's something that I made. Uh-huh. Is I have to be grateful for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah yeah this this so what you saw in that performance, uh, I was trying. You, so you saw visibly. Um, what I attempted to express in the right. recording, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I, what, what you saw in my body and my, yeah. my use of space, yeah, which yeah. is mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely informed by my being a teacher, yeah. because mm-hmm. when you're in a room full of kids, um, you teach by being a body in space and being aware of what you're communicating, not with words, but just in your person. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so, in teaching in a classroom is like being a, a performance artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, so you saw uh, that I'm physically involved, yeah. that I'm mm-hmm. happy, that I'm yeah. really glad to be doing it, that mm-hmm. I'm invested mm-hmm. in, I'm invested in the thing being said. I'm not just hitting play yeah. and letting mm-hmm. sound come out and saying, "Listen to my awesome sounds." Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you, you were able to see what I was, what I wanted people to see when they saw that, and in the room mm-hmm. that was totally present. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. As a recording, did I succeed? Maybe, maybe not, mm-hmm. not for everybody. I mean, right, I, right. I can't assume I have any listeners at all. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm not well, sure if I answered yeah. your question. No, but you definitely did. That, well, but, yeah. on, on a similar note, like t- today with that, we, we've kind of, going all the way back to the beginning, we've talked a little bit about this re- reversal, let's say, or maybe this turn in your in your work, especially in regards to the relationship with like the, the live and the, and the recorded and in some ways it's it's again correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like that 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 reversal in some ways is this thing where the the live was just becoming the recorded at first and now there's kind of maybe a a reversal where you're carefully reconsidering things in the in the studio and then you're trying to figure out a way to communicate that in a live uh setting or or you know with with um people being in the room with you at the same time how do you make that translation today in that kind of new reversal how do you how how are you going to perform suburban observances for instance um and if so how how does that happen good question (laughs) well i don't know the answer Uh, oh okay (laughs) oh sorry sorry but it was a good question (laughs) you know i don't know like honestly uh, honestly, what since since COVID and it's mm-hmm. yeah, th- there's going to be a there's going to be a time when we look back on this and and that's ref- as a reference point for 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 everybody, of course. Yeah. Uh, and in, and in, and in like you know uh, you know obscure uh, art making, you know, it's going to be really pronounced, and, and so it is with me. Mm-hmm. So since mm-hmm. COVID, yeah. you know, I've uh, you know my my life has certainly changed as everybody's has, mm-hmm. but like I didn't play live. My mm-hmm. gear which is just a bunch of broken tape decks, went into a <laughs> suitcase. The suitcase went into the basement. Uh, uh-huh. And when I wanted to make music and compose, I would just get a couple of those 
out and I'd be surprised when a couple of them don't work anymore. And so, okay, I'm going to throw those out. And, and so to th the thought of now, these years later, going back to performing live, um, I kind of have no idea yeah. if or, like, or how or even if I want to. Yeah. Because do I want to be in a room with a bunch of people yeah, now yeah, uh -huh. and not wearing masks? Uh -huh, right. And is that safe? And do uh -huh. I like the, what was it? What was really thrilling and exciting? Of, right. of here's these great big PA speakers, and I'm going to take this thing that I've been working on, and I'm going to you know for 30, 40 minutes, you know, I'm going to make it a living, a living yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, with a but with people in front of me, like, yeah. uh, do I want to be near near people in that way or in that mm. space and like in a closed? I don't know if I do. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so maybe I won't play it live again. And yeah. honestly, it's been a, it's not like people ask me to. Yeah. Because uh -huh. uh, again, who the hell am I? Mm -hmm. uh, and in and in cities, you know, there's always someone who's you know new, and yeah. I'm now I'm 48. You know, yeah. I'm not exciting to people who want to put on concerts and so there was a place there was a time when i was playing a lot and people were asking me to play a lot and i mm -hmm. was putting on concerts a lot yeah. and mm -hmm. now i'm a math teacher yeah, yeah. Mm. uh and i love that yeah, yeah. and and mm. i and, and i i love kind of the the way that my life is divided up between the amount of mental energy i put into my music which is considerable into my profession which is considerable and into my family which is considerable mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the, the the ratio of the amount of time that i that i have for that like that's okay do i yeah. need to now take a night and go into i don't know boston to play for mm -hmm. i don't know what for three or four people in a, yeah, in a yeah. place that is like i don't know is the pa going to be good enough to make this make any sense uh, am I going right, to be waiting right. around for a few hours and then get five bucks for gas at the end? Like, right. uh, do I care that much? Like, there yeah. was a time when there was a time when performing live made a lot of sense for me yes. and was really mm. vital. Yeah. And that time is formative, and I don't regret any of it. Yeah. But now we're here, and like, I don't yeah. know. I don't mm. know if I need it, and I don't know if my music needs it. Right. Mm. I think that my music has gotten better, as I've I, I, my perception of it anyway. Um, I think my music has gotten better as it's become just something that's recorded and composed right. and mm. not something that uh, I'm playing gigs on. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, anyway. That makes sense. That makes so, sense. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, also in that um, kind of same vein in terms of your recorded music, um, you, you know, like, like you said, each thing kind of being the best thing, <laughs> but then having to continue to make another thing, is do you... Yeah. I, I guess you're you're so in the zone with suburban observances because you still have more to to do with it. But do you think there's a, a is there a next is there a point where you can take this idea of this kind of sharing of material with others thing and still you be making and har let's say harvesting and, and putting together the thing? Um, do you think there's a, a next is there a place where you can stretch that to the to the next degree in your mind or do you see a, do you see a way for you to kind of keep that technique progressing in some way or or do you think maybe after this you'll have to reevaluate or you'll maybe do something completely different and unrelated i have no idea yeah honestly i have no idea the mm -hmm. uh, yeah i don't know I, I do really really like the idea of involving other people yeah 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 um, that that's become something i'm 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 really enjoying um right I like the surprise of it. Uh, I like mm -hmm. the uh, I like it when I have to make sense out of something that didn't come out of my brain. 
same mm. yeah and uh-huh. fit it into something that i want that that it is me saying something yeah, yeah mm. totally um I, I i like that so i i might but you know suburban observances is it's is its particular thing and i'm not going to just yeah, do yeah, it yeah. again you know it's different from right, how right. i used collaborators uh with invariably falling forward that was that was its own thing and right. it's different with suburban observances it's a different way of 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 working with collaborators mm-hmm. you know and i'm i'm right. only going to do six volumes you know no one wants yeah. to hear more of it and also that mean i i, I it it has an end to yeah. It. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so i'm not going to just say how about seven and eight right right like, oh, it's it's done but yeah, i don't yeah. know what the next thing is yet i'm yeah. pretty i'm pretty invested in this right now so that's great that's great um the the one thing i mean like which is i think one main one of the main objectives of of our podcast is just like to to talk about music from all different genres and try to compare them and um because like i think just like that there's a lot of uh there would be more interest in in like music that are is a little bit more left field if there was an easier way for people to kind of uh you know, get invited into it somehow. Uh, have like a way in. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm trying. I don't. I don't. Which is which, part of that. You're right, and so I'm really conscious of you know not appearing to be a part of any. To be of ex- I don't want to. I don't want it to seem exclusive. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to seem like it takes work mm-hmm. to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it to seem like you like you need prior knowledge. Yeah. Before you approach anything that I do, is you don't. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have prior knowledge, you might get more and different things out of it in the same way that with anything. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, but yeah, I, I don't I don't want to be intentionally experimental or off putting or, right, or right, right. challenging. Like that's not the right. that's not the goal. Yeah. Right. I, I'd mm-hmm. love it to be. Yeah, I'm not aiming for accessibility. I'm aiming for honesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that my honest I think it's accessible uh-huh. if, you, if you're open to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, my, uh, my last question for that would be sure. like, how would you and like maybe you have already training in this, but how would you invite your fifth grade math uh, student to listen to your music? What what do you say to him? How do you invite him into this world? Somehow? I wouldn't and, and don't. But... <laughs> Surely but the conversation has come up because of the YouTube comments. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so inevitably kids will Google their teacher. Uh-huh. Right. That happens. And, and so I, I've got some, I've got some, some situations that were tense, but like, you know, I don't, if I'm teaching a kid math, I don't want to, Hey, listen to my music. Like, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. wouldn't want that. <laughs> you know, but, but at one point, you know, a kid, a kid who Googled me said, Hey, Mr. Stelzer, did you know that you're on Wikipedia? Uh-huh. <laughs> And that was, I presented that as an opportunity to teach the kid that Wikipedia, anybody can start a page, that that's the point of Wikipedia. And Mm -hmm. that I started that one for myself. You know, another, Uh another kid said, uh, you know, so like, it doesn't, it's not significant that I'm on Wikipedia. Right. You know, other kid must've seen a video and asked me if I'm a DJ. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I said, you know, no get in line we're going to your next class you know it's not yeah there's a wall there yeah. uh, you know, clearly you know if, if i'm not actively teaching a kid math yeah. they and they find me well I, I, maybe we can end with this one story uh, i made an album called brayton point which is uh about a power plant 
that's in mm-hmm. Somerset, Massachusetts, where it was. And so uh, I hate power plants. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the environmentalness of it, just the, stru- the structures themselves I find terrifying and monstrous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I can't, be, I can't be near them. I have a physical fear response, a phobic response. They're awful. And so I made this album, uh, supposedly, out of recordings of the power plant. It's not true. I made that part up. But, but, but the album came out and it had a picture of the power plant on the cover. And I told the label that it was about this power plant, recordings of the power plant, totally made up. Uh, so, so I taught this, so I, and, and that happened a while ago. The album's out. I'm, I'm happy with it. I really like it. Mm-hmm. So a kid who I taught, uh, I think fifth grade too, his dad works for power plants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so his dad was looking for a power plant job. Yeah. And did a search uh-huh. for power plants uh-huh. in Massachusetts, and happened upon the Bandcamp page for my Brayton Point album. My my fifth grade student, former fifth grade student at that point, uh-huh. uh, used the Bandcamp contact the artist feature to write me an email to say, "Hey, Mr. Stelzer, I just uh-huh. found your album. You're really good at this." <laughs> so I so I sent him a, a, an email back that said, "Yes, I know." And we never mentioned it again. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like like this is, a, is such a personal thing yeah and yeah. uh and i'm i'm grateful for any one to to want to hear it and to, yeah. and to want to to want to invest time into uh communicating back or or, or, or having any kind of relationship with what i'm uh, putting out in the world as music you know, I'm, I'm internally grateful to that it's uh yeah. it, it's a beautiful and rare thing so yeah right. thanks for for anyone who's listening thank you yeah i'm nothing special in fact i'm a bit of a bore if i tell a joke you 